papers are biased, the Idaho Press Club are biased, all media, newspaper, radio. To be completely blunt here, Brian, and there are plans to expand indoctrination. That's right. Well, Idahoans are also concerned. Horror shot. That line would be moving a little bit farther west. I'm like crying. Nobody wants to Dark see. Dark money is influencing policy in our state. Well, that's not how this works. Well, hello there and welcome to Nowhere to Hide. I'm Brian Hyde, and my job is to help you better recognize those opportunities to call out the media when they're deceiving you. Now, that's not to say that every word they say is a lie. It's not. But uh, sometimes it's more, uh, rather than some big, bold lie that they're proclaiming to you and saying you have to believe this, and occasionally they do that, but more often than not, it's omitted information or things that are carefully spun in such a way that it's, it's trying to lead you to a conclusion without actually giving you enough facts to come to that conclusion yourself. I suppose somewhere in there is a, a distrust of the, the public that, uh, well, we really can't trust you to do that, therefore we have to keep you on target. So nowhere is this more true than when it comes to our government-run public schools. As you're going to see in today's program, when it comes to the statists and particularly the school system which in which they can train future generations of statists or people who think in terms of the state as the primary solution to every problem in life, yeah, they're, they're pretty territorial about this. Check out this headline. This is from uh, IdahoEdNews.org. Reclaim Idaho says Governor Little is reneging on K-12 through funding commitment. Well, let's talk a little bit about that funding commitment. Now, my understanding is in the last legislative session, uh, it was a record amount of money that was allocated for Idaho's government-run public schools. The article says in an online petition drive, Reclaim Idaho members and supporters are urging Governor Little to keep his promise to add $330 million to the public school's budget for the next spending year, which begins on July 1st. Now, the increase won't reach $330 million and instead will come in at $215 million. And Reclaim is upset about that. That's because they say Little and the 2023 legislature rescinded a, pandem rescinded a pandemic era funding formula based on enrollment and again tied funding to student attendance an inherently smaller number than overall student enrollment. So if I'm understanding this correctly, that would mean that, uh, hey, we want to we fund it on the number of names that we have on the rolls. This is kind of like what, what was uh, argued about with, with uh, Medicaid enrollment. Well, there may be, you know, 50,000 people on there who aren't even eligible. Well, it doesn't matter. We need, still need that funding. Really? That, that could be a waste of money. And it sounds like the attendance-based uh, approach is much more accurate in terms of, but how many, how many warm bodies are actually sitting in the seats so that we have a more accurate uh, measurement of what exactly needs funding? And again, that's what the presumption that this money actually makes it to the students in the first place. Moving on, the article says, if this issue goes unaddressed, school districts across the state will feel the impact. Now, that's kind of a vague way to say it. Some districts will see layoffs of teachers and support staff. Others will be forced to increase class sizes, eliminate positions for counselors and librarians, or hold back promised salary increases. That's according to the petition signed by some 6,000 people as of Thursday afternoon. Now, through a spokeswoman, Little defended this year's K-12 budget bills, which actually increased spending by $381 million, while emphasizing the importance of attendance in school. Madison Hardy said on Wednesday, Governor Little believes education should be in person and student focused in order to improve student outcomes. We will continue to monitor efforts to improve school attendance to pre-pandemic levels and will make any necessary adjustments in collaboration with the legislature, education leaders and stakeholders. Now, Reclaim Idaho's claim that $115 million is on the chopping block stems from a recent spread.
from a state budget analyst. That document from Jared Tatro, Deputy Division Manager of the state's Legislative Services Office, Services Office has been widely distributed among legislators. In all, an additional $206.5 million is available. Now, that's an additional. Interesting. So it's, it's not like, oh, we cut it back to a bare bones, 206.5 million. That's in addition to money funded by the 2023 legislature. More than half of that money is earmarked for salaries, the rest penciled in for benefits, insurance, or discretionary spending. That money is available to fund schools if attendance numbers climb in 2023-2024 and justify an additional number of support units. Now that's that's an awful lot of money, and and I'm sorry, I don't I don't mean to be rude, I don't mean to rub salt in anybody's wounds, but we also need to note at this point that uh, any objective measure of whether Idaho's government-run public schools are churning out, you know, a good product, students that are uh, actually, you know, learning what they should be learning, that that are are passing, you know, getting good passing scores in math and reading and so forth, are they are they actually reaching these marks or are they falling short? Because the last I saw, it, it's it's pretty dismal. And you can blame some of that on, well, you know, the pandemic really disrupted things and students are trying to play catch up. But the bottom line is if the literacy in math and in, in English is, is sitting around 39 40%, maybe we have a problem. And maybe it's the kind of problem that simply throwing more money at it isn't necessarily going to be the solution that at least some are pretending it will be. At any rate, they want their money. Where's my money? Where's my money? I can hear them saying. It's that, that sense of entitlement is, is simply staggering. If attendance rates remain in the 89 to 90% range, additional state dollars would land in the Public Education Stabilization Fund. That's a rainy day fund. By the way, don't a number of these districts have rainy day funds, some of them with hundreds of millions of dollars? I believe that was reported last year, and I haven't seen anything that would indicate that that money somehow magically vanished. So again, when is enough enough? I think when the answer comes to education funding and, and those who lobby for it, the answer is it's never going to be enough. The data point underscores the point that the state has additional money to send out to the schools, says Reclaim co-founder Luke Mayville. Luke is, is really good about expressing that entitlement. That's our money. We deserve it. It's being held back, Mayville said on Tuesday. This pot of money does not do any good for Idaho students if it does not go out to the school districts. And and Luke, I, look, I want to give you the benefit of the doubt and believe that uh, maybe you really are sincerely all about this has got to go out to help the students have a better overall educational experience. How much of it actually gets to the students? In other words, how much of it actually reaches the classroom and how much of it instead is just used for funding the system? Again, salaries, overhead, benefits, insurance, and so forth. See, that's the real quandary that we've been facing here in Idaho for quite some time. This is one of the reasons why school choice was so front and center. Sadly, it failed by a very, very thin margin. I expect it'll be back again in the next legislative session, but there's a reason that people want that school choice, and it has everything to do with that funding actually following the students and being able to be directed in ways that directly benefit the students, as opposed to simply propping up a system that, again, by any measurable matrix, is failing in its objective to put out there good students who have been taught well and, and are literate in what they've been learning. Now, like, look, they're they're all very socially conscious. They all, they know the exact things to protest. They know the right things to to walk out of school for. They know which flags to wave and when to cheer and when to chant in unison. That's not the same thing as being productive, functional, 
citizens. Yeah, I'm painting with a little bit of a broad brush here, but I think you get the point. Some students will succeed and do well in spite of a one-size-fits-all, government-run public education system. Other students would do better if they and their parents were able to avail themselves of choices. So how do you do that? Well, we're going to come back to uh, uh, just a, a really scathing editorial from uh, a, a writer in the, the uh, Idaho Statesman's uh, pen. Holy cow. They can't even begin to contain their, their contempt for what they call the vouchers and the far-right vouchers that are out there being pushed with the taxpayers' money to religious and private schools. That's how statists think. Anything that's not under the direct control of the state, in their minds, is by definition out of control. Speaking of out of control, let's talk about uh, what happened at, uh, at a school in northern Idaho. Idaho high school student punished for saying there are only two genders. Students at uh, Kellogg High School plan to walk out for actually 9 o'clock this morning. I don't know if that walkout happened. I've not had a chance to see if, if it did or not. But uh, Wayne Hoffman had a chance to talk to this student on the Hoff Time Report, which you can uh, check out for yourself. Go to IdahoFreedom.org or check out Idaho Freedom TV on YouTube, and you'll see his interview with this student. Here's the story behind it, though. This year at Kellogg High School, instead of having the senior class put quotes in their yearbook, the students in the graduating class of around 80 students were invited to share their thoughts and their advice with the younger students at the commencement ceremony instead. So everything was going along as planned at the graduation rehearsal till one of the students bravely used the opportunity to share one of the most basic and obvious truths known to mankind. Guys are guys and girls are girls. There is no in-between. Now, the student received thunderous applause, but you can imagine what uh, speaking an unpopular truth would do in the hearts of, uh, you know, mindless administrators. For speaking this truth innocently and without malice, the woke establishment has chosen to silence and punish 18-year-old Travis Lore. The school's woke administration has chosen to suspend him from participating in the graduation ceremony planned for this Saturday. Now, what did he say that's so controversial? He acknowledged something that I think most of us would have would have regarded as self-evident. Even five or ten years ago, nobody would have questioned. Guys are guys, girls are girls. That's a truth we're not supposed to speak today. So which side are you going to come down on? The side of reality or the side of what is fashionable, what's, what's popular? I'm glad to see that uh, this student, uh, Mr. Lore, was willing to say what, what he said. According to Lore, he was pulled aside one day after the graduation rehearsal and told by an administrator named Dan Davidian that uh, he would not be participating in, in the graduation on Saturday. It seems political, said Travis. According to Lore, the city has a, or the school rather has a total of around 300 students, but they say they have 30 kids in the school that actively identify as transgender. That's about 10% of the school. Does that seem right to you? That seem normal? That sounds like a social contagion. That sounds like a, a trendy fad, and and it sounds like, you know, a hysteria. You know, this is this is, you know, people uh, people getting caught up in in a fashionable hysteria. But heaven fulfend that this this kid would actually say something that is truthful. Now, of course, the local establishment press is faithfully running cover for the school and attempt to protect them from community backlash after they silenced a student's right to not only speak freely but to actually speak. The truth. According to the Hagedone Corporation's Shoshone News Press, this is how they described it. Check, check out the sophistry that you have to engage in to justify this. It has also been reported that Lore and other students were told not to go off script 
from their statements during their time to speak, and that is what Laura allegedly did. And it was him going off script that got him into trouble, not necessarily what he said. Yeah, I'm going to have to call BS on that. Sorry. However, Lore adamantly denies his statement was reviewed or that he was forewarned about his statement being potentially controversial prior to presenting it. He told the news press, I was never told I couldn't say what I said. Now, look, if he had said something, if he had gone up there, you know, F the establishment or whatever, you know, if he had started dropping, you know, obscene language, I think probably some kind of discipline would be in order. But they're treating it as if he did something actually worse than that. Well, we can't have you participating in in uh, graduation. You went off script. Whose script? That's the question we need to be asking. Who whose script? Who approves what is what is okay and what can and cannot be acknowledged? And is is this really the right attitude for uh, for a place of learning? No, I get it. You know, maybe he's he's being edgy. I mean, frankly, that is kind of edgy to speak the truth these days. You want to say something that's truthful, like. Guys are guys and girls are girls. You better be prepared to absorb some blows. But in no way does that make it right on the part of those administrators to say, well, we have to make an example of him. We have to punish him because, you know, he went off script in their words. He said something that was was politically insensitive, according to them. I think that they were looking for an excuse to take offense, and and frankly, this is to stifle anybody else from thinking about daring to speak the truth. Here's a thought for you to consider. This is from Salome Sibonex. The concept of banning misinformation is inherently flawed, at least for a society that values discovery above control. Now check out this next line. Tell me what truth can be discovered in a place where only known truths are allowed. That's kind of the way that uh, the school district is approaching this. Well, you can only speak truths that are, that are believable or fashionable to us at this moment. But as we've seen, those truths are fluid. They're in a state of constant flux. They can change from moment to moment. And, and frankly, the fact that they don't even begin to resemble reality. I mean, who can really know where they stand? I say good job to Travis for being willing to speak up and say something. You know, it's... If, if he was targeting somebody else or, again, if he was doing something that was, was truly disruptive, that would be one thing. But this is the equivalent of the kid pointing and saying, hey, the emperor isn't wearing clothes. And boy, the emperor's people, they're not happy about it. Apparently, there are some truths that are just a bit much for them and presumably for the rest of us to handle. Like the fact that guys are guys and girls are girls and there is no in-between. What the heck does it say about us as a society that, that we've fallen to the point where something that self-evident is considered heretical? I mean, that's, that's a society of control freaks that is on, is on its way to uh, not only circle the drain, but take that terminal plunge. All right. Speaking of uh, circling the drain, let's, uh, let's see what's on the mind of the Idaho statesman. Oh, it's an editorial. What's happening to politics in Idaho is bigger than vouchers versus public education. It's about truth versus disinformation, integrity versus deception. Well, I can only imagine uh, how how they will uh, play this out. This is actually by Rod Gramer from Idaho Business for Education. Don't be fooled by these far-right pro-voucher attacks on good Idaho legislators. Now, specifically, what he's talking about here is the legislators who killed school choice in the Idaho legislature this, this past session. They were told you're going to face accountability, meaning we will run people against you. We will vote you out of office if possible because of what you've done. 
And so the, the statesman is predictably riding to their rescue. We can't have that. Why? We've got to we've got to make sure people understand there's fear. The, this is far-right, out-of-state people who are trying to take our taxpayers' dollars and work against our public education. Notice how they use the term our, kind of like a con man would. Hey, we make a pretty good team. Huh? This is our lucky moment. Come on, let's take the rest of your money and put it all on red. Anyway. Rod Gramer says billboards have surfaced like weeds in Canyon County attacking Representative Julie Yamamoto, chair of the House Education Committee, and in Moscow attacking Representative Lori McCann, vice chair of the House Education Committee and also a board member of Idaho Business for Education. Well, these were two of the people who really stood in the way, so not surprising. The Moscow billboard accuses Representative McCann of failing to support our children. In large letters against a pinkish background, it asks, will you help? And then it urges someone to apply now to be a candidate for District 6. Okay, is that is that really, you know, is that attacking? Is that off bounds for a legislator who made uh, an unpopular choice, at least among some of the constituents? That doesn't really sound that harsh, but boy, it's sure treated as if, why, my goodness, they're, they're calling for her head. No, they're actually calling for a separation of her and power which to uh, people who are power seekers and opportunists, that's a fate worse than death. The billboard attacking Representative Yamamoto is a carbon copy of the one attacking McCann and accuses the lifelong educator, as if that should somehow, you know, shield her from any criticism of not supporting children and urges someone to run against her in District 11. Hey, this is exactly what proponents of school choice said they would do. Why do we act like, well, this is just an attack by the far right and by these voucher people? By the way, voucher must have been the word that tested most negatively with whatever focus group uh, these these uh, teachers unions, uh, you know, lobbyists came up with. So both billboards sent a clear message that would-be candidates would have support if they decided to run against Yamamoto and McCann. Again, why would that be surprising? So why would these two legislators who voted for every bill that strengthens public education? Okay, let's let's translate that a little bit. How does it strengthen public education? By making it more of a monopoly, by giving it more taxpayer dollars, by creating less accountability, by shoring up the system to make sure that nobody has any chance whatsoever to seek an alternative or to uh, to uh, substantially fix the system and correct wrongs? Just kind of makes you wonder. That supports Idaho's 300,000 public school students. Again, government-run public school students. Why would they be attacked for supposedly not supporting young people? Okay, well, the answer is very simple, and it goes back to what I pointed out earlier. You want to support young people? Let them make the choice. Let them and their parents decide what is the best solution for them education-wise. Really, that's it. It's not about put more money into the system that's going to tell them everything they should do, when they can stand up, when they can sit down, we'll ring a bell, you know, when it's time to move on to the next subject. Okay, again, that's that's a statist's dream, but it's not the best fit for everybody. And again, looking at the test scores, looking at the literacy rates, it's it's not even a, it's not even a system that is is really performing up to its purported standards of well, of course, we're we're the answer. So let people have choice. No, that's voting against the students. Because Yamamoto and McCann had the temerity to oppose efforts to use taxpayer dollars to support private and religious schools at the expense of our public schools. There's that collectivism coming through loud and clear. It would be supporting the, the taxpayers who wish to use their 
dollars to pursue education opportunities for their kids in private or religious settings. As opposed to, well, we have only the state-sponsored schools, and that's the only place where any legitimate choice could exist. Bottom line is, the funding for the the public schools, the state-run public schools, comes from the taxpayers. And, And the taxpayers need to have a say. Not every taxpayer is happy with where their money is going. For those that are, great. That's fantastic. Exercise your your choice. Let others exercise their choice as well. But for some reason, they're not willing to do that. Why is that? What scares them so much about the idea of people choosing some system other than the state-run system? More and more interest groups, the editorial says, are like the uh, like the American Federation for Children are trying to convince Idahoans what is truthful is false and what is false is truthful. Well, thank goodness we have the Idaho statesman to uh, push back and and put a spin on that for us so that they can convince us that what is truthful is false and what is false is truthful. Are you following me? This is just spin. That's all it is. That edu- That legislators like Scott Herndon are champions of education when they are not. Well, again, you know, flesh that out for me. Tell me why he's not. And pro-education legislators, no, pro-state-run education legislators like Julie Yamamoto and Lori McCann don't support students when they do. But they don't support students. They support the system over the student. This really shouldn't be that hard to figure out. So, in other words, what's happening to politics in Idaho is even bigger than the issue of vouchers versus the future of public education. That's, that's, by the way, the horns of a dilemma there. It's Look, you can either have vouchers or you can have a public education with a future. But it's all got to stay within this narrowly controlled paradigm. If they want choice, then they're going to have to be willing to think outside of that paradigm. And by the way, vouchers? Nope, this was educational savings accounts. The money stays with the people. It's 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 not uh, it's not a matter of uh, well let's uh, let's go fleece the taxpayers and and start up something you know totally new it's it's pro- it's providing options for people who wish to avail themselves of something other than the one one size fits all system but of course to this editorialist it's all about integrity versus deception and supposedly he's showing us integrity by well foisting some deception on us. Unfortunately, many Idahoans are falling for the disinformation and deception leveled against our very best lawmakers. Now, I got to translate by our very best lawmakers, our most reliable supporters of the state-run system. That's what makes them the very best lawmakers. If they were people who actually operated in the interest of proper government, limited government, and actual school choice for the parents and students... Well, they wouldn't be considered good lawmakers, now would they? The very best lawmakers. Last year, the deceptive campaign cost many good lawmakers their seats. Did they? Well, apparently that means that uh, people aren't buying your BS quite like they were. So maybe that's good news. Now they want to defeat good people like Yamamoto and McCann with the same trickery. Or is it truth? If they succeed, the real losers will be the public school students in Idaho. Okay, this is hiding behind the children. That's all that is. That's that is a smokescreen for oh, who's going to think of the children and who's going to take care of them. They don't care. It's not about the children. This is about the system. This is about the people who have staked out valuable real estate within the system and it is their gravy train and they want to see that gravy train continue running as long as possible. As we mentioned earlier, how much is enough? It's never enough. And it will never be enough. As long as they have access to the taxpayers' pocketbook, It's never going to be enough. 
Uh, you start getting some competition in play and you will see things start to change because they have to. Because then when they don't deliver on their promise of delivering literate students and literate graduates, parents have the option of taking their child and that money elsewhere. You know, statism can be such a frustrating thing to run up against because the true believers are, are cultists in every sense of the word. They will place the system, they will place their ideology above reality. That's what makes them cultish in their thinking. And it really comes down to a matter of they want, above all, to have conformity as a result of the way that these students are being taught. I was going to use the word indoctrinated, but I'm going to you know settle for a little more diplomatic approach. The way the students are taught teaches conformity to go along with what everybody else is doing. This is one of the reasons why we see so much controversy about, you know, transgenders in our kids' bathrooms and, and books teaching kids, you know, all kinds of bizarre sexual practices, you know, filtering on down into the youngest possible age, you know, to, to have access to this in the school libraries. They want conformity. They want conformity of thought. They do not want, they, the people who support that state-run public education system, don't want people capable of thinking for themselves. That's a shame. So here's a final thought to consider. Conformity is doing what everyone else is doing regardless of what is right. And that's what this editorial is decrying is, well, these, these legislators, these lawmakers, they're conforming. That's what makes them so good. They will conform and they will do whatever the system asks of them. So, so therefore, they must be right. Morality, which Senator Scott Herndon, among others, are showing, is doing what's right regardless of what everyone else is doing. And yeah, you pay a price for it. You will be, you know, you'll be soundly ridiculed and smeared and talked down and otherwise uh, put upon for having integrity. But if you want to make a difference, you got to understand that that uh, you're never going to conform your way out of tyranny. You're never going to obey your way out of being oppressed. The only way to get out of it is to have the kind of moral clarity to where you can stand up for what is right, regardless of what everybody else is doing. And sometimes that's also the most patriotic thing that a person can do at any given moment. So things that are wrong don't become right just because the state enacts some official policy or, play, or uh, passes some law that says, yeah, this is okay. Right is right. Wrong is wrong. Guys are guys. Girls are girls, regardless of what's fashionable at the moment. Find the courage to speak the truth. Find the courage to resist conformity. And you're going to find that life uh, is, is a whole lot better and, uh, and a whole lot more meaningful than simply being another sheep in a herd of sheep that really don't want to be disturbed by thinking for themselves. I'm Brian Hyde, and this is Nowhere to Hide. Are biased, the Idaho Press Club are biased, all media, newspaper, radio. To be completely blunt here, Brian, and there are plans to expand indoctrination. That's right. Well, Idahoans are also concerned. Horror shot. That line would be moving a little bit farther west. I'm like crying. Nobody wants to Dark see. Dark money is influencing policy in our state. Well, that's not how this works.